This is the East Trauma Cast. Trauma Cast. Trauma Cast. With your moderators, Levi Proctor from the University of Kentucky, Lexington. Dave Morris from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And Matt Martin from Madigan Army Medical Center. This program is brought to you by the online education section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. Advancing science. Fostering relationships. And building careers. This is uh, Matt Martin with the TraumaCast, and we're here with the, the East Social Media Twitterati. Uh, we're going to have a good dis- discussion about Twitter, social media, and uh, we've got everyone here from newbies like me to uh, experts. So uh, we'll just start off and have everyone introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Christian Jones, uh, at Jones Surgery on Twitter. Um, I guess I'm the closest uh, to what one might call a digital native uh, that actually exists anywhere. Um, I've been on Twitter for, well, about as long as Twitter's been out and have been using it professionally for a few years now. Hi, I'm Elliot Hout. Uh, I'm the East Secretary. Uh, I also recently finished chairing a task force, which I'm hopeful will continue on in some fashion, uh, about social media use within East. Uh, I was a Facebook ambassador last year. I've been on Twitter now for, I guess, a year, year and a half, uh, and just finally broke the 1,000 followers uh, mark, so that was pretty exciting for me. Uh, I'm Jason Smith. It's at Dr. J Trauma. Uh, I am actually work with the AAST regarding their social media outreach, and so uh, it's great to come to East. Uh, where the demographic skews slightly younger, and the adoption of uh, social media uh, is a little bit uh, more robust. So uh, I enjoy being part of it and, and helping out. I'm Alex Eastman. I'm the medical director in chief of the Reese Jones Trauma Center at Parkland Hospital in Dallas at UT Southwestern. I would say I'm a Twitter medium, whatever that is. I uh, have tried in Dallas to be pretty active at getting uh, our message out across social media. So it's at uh, PMH Trauma underscore ALE. Looking forward to the discussion. I am Jamie Coleman at Surgeon in Kicks, and I've been a member of the East Task Force. I've been very fortunate to be a part of that and helped out this year as well with AAST and their social media initiative. And I've been on Twitter for about a little over a year now. Not quite at uh, Dr. Hout's thousand followers, but Hopefully this career cast, trauma cast, will help me get there. I'm Brad Dennis, uh, at Trauma Dog. I've been on Twitter for probably two, two and a half years. I never did the Facebook thing, so uh, when I first got into social media, it was with Twitter. Um, and so I tend to use my Twitter account. Um, I do a little bit uh, professional stuff, but I also tend to do a lot of personal um, stuff as well. I actually initially started my Twitter feed to uh, send out funny quotes that my kids said. So um, that's how I first got into Twitter. Sure. I'm Rob Winfield. Uh, my Twitter handle's at rwinfield11. Um, I have no real major social media experience other than um, trying to follow other people and get information from the Twitterverse. And I, I use it primarily to keep up with medical literature. It's, it's just something I use to stay current. My name is Tarek Kerbeck. Uh, my Twitter handle is my last name, at Kerbeck, K-H-E-I-R-B-E-K. Um, I consider myself passionate about social media um, in all um, uh, forms, Twitter, Instagram, or uh, Facebook. Um, I use it for as a source of news and um, medical information. I actually have a couple of lists that I created where it's easy for me to pick up 
uh, new articles uh, by going directly to a trauma list or a critical care list. Um, and I try to advocate it for my students and uh, medical, I'm just sorry, residents, um, but it is a long way to go. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Paula Ferrara. Um, I work at Virginia Commonwealth University. How I got involved with social media was actually through a campaign that is, was called I Look Like a Surgeon. I started helping Heather with it, and it was pretty successful. It reached up to 100,000 million impressions. So since then, we she actually helped me understand social media a little bit better, and I got involved, and then from now on, we use it as a powerful tool. All right, and I think I showed that I am a Twitter newbie. I didn't even say my handle. I guess that's what you call it. I'm at DocMartin22. So, and, and as a Twitter newbie, uh, I think I've had a Twitter account for two years, and I think I've used it for two months now. Uh, and when I first got on there, I had no idea what I was looking at. There was a lot of hashtag number signs, a lot of ats. They were all over the, the message. There were some words scattered in there. So let's just start and kind of disambiguate the, the process for me and some of the things that are confusing to a new user. So, uh, so we'll start off with some of, the, uh, some of the, the at sign, the hashtag. What, is, what does all that mean, Christian? So I think one of the best ways to start off is to take it even further back and to say, you know, what you did, Matt, was probably the best thing you possibly can do to get started. And that's just join in and see things as they come up, as, as we would use in the Twitter parlance, just lurk for a while. It's not really as creepy as it sounds. And what it no, comes it's down not to, creepy as it sounds. <laughs> it's actually, almost, that's, I was like, that's quite creepy. It's almost <laughs> as creepy as it sounds. But it's just a matter of actually reading what's going on. You'd be surprised at how much of this you pick up just by being a part of it. But briefly... The easy way to think of it is that there are just two or three special things on Twitter. One of those is the little at symbol, the same one that's in your email address, and those start out everybody's username. So we all talked about, you know, at Jones Surgery, at Elliot Howe, at Surgeon and Kicks. You get to choose basically whatever you want as long as somebody else hasn't chosen it already. When you do that, you can also then use those usernames to refer to other people. When you're referring to other people, you have to be a little bit careful that you're uh, not doing some little catchy things like putting their username at the first part of the tweet at the very front because then you end up having only that person see it easily. On the other hand, for the most part, you don't have to worry too much about syntax and how you actually type things out. Um, I think in the room right now, there are a couple of other people who have come in, and I want to introduce Joe Sacron. Um, who's, of course, at Joseph Sacron, one of our awesome uh, media ambassadors throughout all of trauma. Awesome. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Jones. And uh, it's good to be here. So, you know, uh, Twitter is one of those things that uh, can be very powerful to use in regards to exponentially accelerating your message. And I think it's unique here uh, at East because we have a tremendous group of individuals that really are thoughtful. They're putting out great science. Uh, there's a lot of tremendous leadership, mentorship, and relationship building that goes on. And so this is something that we really uh, should try to get beyond uh, the brick and mortar uh, of, of these walls. And so the hashtags are unique because 
it really allows you to aggregate tweets uh, into different topics and fields. So, for example, for the annual meeting, we have the hashtag East 2016. And what that means is everyone that puts out a tweet and adds that hashtag on there, they'll all be put together in almost like one lump sum. And you can even search by hashtags. So then this, you know, gets people uh, to notice, oh, look at this, East 2016 is trending. Uh, what is this all about? And then they start reading about your different tweets, and then they'll see your science. And right now, it's a critical uh, point in time for America uh, when it comes to care of the injured patient because there's really a poor public awareness uh, with respect to trauma. And it's something that on the national level uh, we're talking more about and we're figuring out how do we how do we message to, you know, not only our own colleagues but the public. And so, again, I'll just want to leave it short and sweet, but that's the overall idea behind hashtags. You know, if I could add to that, Joe, one of the nice things, too, about the hashtag is for all the people who aren't here, right, at the meeting, you know, so if you can't make it to Easter or Double X here, any of the other meetings that, that go on, then you can get on Twitter, you can search that hashtag, and you can see what's happening. And so you can still be a part of the discussion without actually being physically there. And I think that's a, a really cool feature um, of Twitter. So, so there's, a, there's an at East uh, account that comes up, and then there's a hashtag East 2016. So, so what's the difference? If I put the at East... Uh, or the hashtag East 2016, does that do something different when I send my message? Matt, I assume when you're talking about the at East, you're talking about the at East underscore trauma. Yes. And that is uh, what we refer to as either the username or the Twitter handle. So each one of us or those that are using Twitter uh, have a Twitter handle that is based on what we made up. And so for the organization, uh, when you put at East underscore trauma, that will link it to the organization. So whoever is in charge of that account will see, oh, okay, Matt Martin just tagged me uh, in some sort of tweet, which will then alert me to what it is. And then I have the option to say, okay, this is great. Let's, you know, send this out. Let me like it. Let me retweet it. Or let me maybe do a modified tweet where I'm retweeting it, but then I'm adding my own commentary to the top of it. So that can be very beneficial because, for example, the East uh, organization has a significant number of followers. So now not only did your tweet get seen by your followers, but it's also now being seen by followers throughout the country. And that's the exponential nature of some of these different aspects. Uh, Rob Winfield, who happens to be in the room with us, we've done a number of these different things where we try to get out uh, the message from a public awareness standpoint, and we've used stuff like, you know, hashtag the unsung pandemic, which is talking about really how, you know, there's a lack of focus on, on uh, the trauma patient in America. And uh, what's interesting is when we've linked and put usernames, whether it's the American College of Surgeons or East Trauma, that's gotten a lot more publicity. And those people can frequently then share that message and retweet that out to their followers again or like it and let them know that uh, that, that message is important to them as well. What would your best advice be to someone just getting started on Twitter as far as maximizing it? Uh, well, <clears throat> to not be afraid of it because I think the first – sometimes it could be intimidating to see a bunch of hashtags that you don't know what there is about. Um, I think one of the things that I love about East the most is I consider East my trauma family 
uh, is a place where not only I learn amazing science, but I get to be myself. Uh, and I think the fact social media reflects precisely that, or social media we use reflects precisely that, reflects uh, us together as a community, as a family, with a similar interest and uh, academic interest and personal interest. Well, let me yeah. I, just ask a question for everyone, if there's an interesting one. Then I'll relate the story, how I realized I needed to get onto Twitter. So two years ago, my kid is sick. My son is six years old, and he's playing around on the phone. And I said, hey, buddy, you have to hit the pound sign. He goes, what's that? I go, it's right there at the bottom. It looks like a tic-tac-toe board. And he looks me straight in the eye at six years old and goes, daddy, that's a hashtag. <laughs> And I realized that I need to get it onto Twitter because I'm obviously missing something. And it's funny, you know, I started out, I use it as a news feed. And, and, and really, I think that's what a lot of people miss. You, people think that they have to be right on it and posting things all the time. And you don't. I mean, follow your local news station. Follow national organizations. Follow surgical organizations. And then as you get used to seeing what those news streams are like, then you can start adding your own presence to the to the Twitter stream. And so you don't you don't have to really think you got to shotgun yourself right in there all the way. It's just get your feet in the water and try it. Well, and I'll say we, we had kind of the opposite experience. I mean, we didn't have to have anybody's kid show us what a hashtag was, Jay. But uh, so um, I knew what but, it was. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, sure. that's that's cool. Seriously, we've assembled the experts in Twitter here for you. <laughs> so, uh, no, but all kidding aside, um, our institution was having some trouble with the local media in terms of being able to craft the message. And, and when you when you really dig deep into it, it, it can be startling to see your institution in the newspaper or on the local evening news. But, but one of the things you have to realize is that at, at, in 2016, the vast majority of the people that you contact do not get their news from traditional media outlets anymore. It's why they're all struggling to survive and, and maintain their relevance. So, so for us, the impetus to get on Twitter was to really wrangle control of the message ourselves. And I think that that's probably uh, as, as mo a powerful a motivator as you can have, which is that at, at that point, you have the awesome responsibility of managing your own message. Now, that can be a blessing and a curse because you can have uh, outstanding results, but quite frankly, I think, and when hopefully we'll get into this part of the discussion, you've got to be reasonably careful. And I, I would suggest to to everybody involved that, that you know, uh, I... I the old adage, I wouldn't mix business with pleasure, is a good one, and it's certainly appropriate on Twitter. Uh, and so I would recommend if you're going to have an active social media presence yourself and one where you're not personally, have a personal account and a professional account. Mm -hmm. So you can, I mean, the message, the things that I might put out on my personal account may be very different than the things that the official at Parkland Trauma uh, Twitter feed is going to put out. So, so uh, just going back to the nuts and bolts, so you have a message and it was interesting or you thought it was funny, and then you have a couple buttons at the bottom that do various things. Uh, there's a heart, there's a, a couple arrows. So what are some of the options you have or what does that mean? You can like something, you can retweet something. Don't even get quote something. on the heart, man. <laughs> so, so what you mean is, you've read somebody so what, else's tweet? Sure. And you want to do something with it? Yes. No, it's a great question. You know, so looking right now at the buttons at the bottom, there's really four. 
And your first one is to reply to a message. So just know that when you are replying directly to a message, the only people that are going to see that are yourselves and the other at that you're directly replying to. It's not private, so you got to be careful with this. But at the same time, this isn't something that just anyone who's searching Twitter is necessarily going to find. The next one that you mentioned is the retweet. Now, that is something, let's say, that um, Christian posts something that I find very applicable to my life or I find funny and entertaining. Um, then I may retweet it. So, in other words, I'm going to then post it to my face page so that then all my followers can see it as well. You can also quote a tweet. So, typically, when at Trauma Dog here likes to... Um, uh, haggle with me about certain football teams, um, and I want to reference a, a tweet that he's done, but if someone doesn't follow him, they may not see it. So I'm going to quote his and then put my little, um, you know, retort, uh, hopefully snarky enough uh, to be funny, at the top. So then anyone who sees it sees both my reply and how he started it. So I, I can say it's his fault. Um, <laughs> next is just uh, heart, you know, which symbolizes loving and liking. Um, and basically, it's just saying that, again, Joe Sakharin, he's, he's written something that, you know, all 18,000 of his followers like. And I can add on to that train. Um, I just show him that I've seen it, I've read it, and I appreciate it. And then, lastly, you can also write messages directly to a person if you are following them. Can I say one thing about the heart? Oh, yes. So one more thing about the heart that is a, a very useful thing uh, is you can then search back everything you've liked. So if you want to think about something or you want to go read the full article or, you know, you're looking on your phone and later you want to read the paper on a big, uh, you know, on your desktop or on your iPad, somewhere it's easier than reading on your phone, you want to go back and get more information, you tag it with a heart uh, and then you can easily go back and look it up again. Okay. Uh, so it, it's a, it's, it helps me remember, oh, I wanted to come back and do something later with that. I can right. find it easily. Uh, if someone asks me about it, I can very quickly get access to it. I, I think that really hits on one part of Twitter, but social media in general, that a lot of people either don't understand or, or don't fully grasp early on, especially when they're trying to decide whether this is something they want to get involved with. One of the things they don't realize is it really is what you make of it. If you don't want to use the heart as a bookmarking service and just want to use the heart to tell somebody, hey, that was really funny, I liked that, absolutely you can do that. The opposite is exactly true. If you don't understand how the whole retweet thing works, don't retweet. If you don't want to quote people, you don't have to. If you don't want to follow people, you don't have to. It's entirely what you want to do with the service. There are some tips that we'll probably get into of things you probably don't want to do with the service, but in general, again, it's what you make of it. All right, so why don't we, uh, what I want to do is go around and I'm a new, or say junior East member, just an East member, new to Twitter, and what are some of the top pieces of advice you would give me as far as getting started on Twitter and maximizing my Twitter use? Why don't we start? So uh, the first thing is to start using it. Uh, and it's always the biggest hurdle is getting someone to actually download the app onto their phone, getting them an account, and just say, give me five things that you like. 
I like football. I like, you know, horse racing. I like bourbon. Great. I've just filled up your Twitter account for the next 10 years on those topics. And then you can begin to move out from there. And uh, I think the biggest hurdle is always just start. And then we can, there's plenty of people around that can help you, uh, residents, students, friends that are on, they're involved, to start using it more uh, as you like. Should, should they start tweeting original material? Should they just start retweeting things they like? I, I believe it's up to them. You know, I think, I always say the first time you tweet something out, you say, hey, I'm new to Twitter, this is my handle. And you may be tweeting to two people. It doesn't matter. But you've got something out there and you've started using it. Um, and then you'll see as you, as you start to like things, you start to see things that, are, that you want to spread, you start to get followers, then you can start doing all the other stuff that goes along with it. I think it, creates, it can create an impact that is beyond the person that you're sitting to the side. It's an impact and the hundreds or thousands uh, of uh, delivering a message. And it becomes a bigger community. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, all of the things are tools, right? Like fire, it could be amazing, it could be so harmful. So it, what you're going to do with that tool, what really matters? I would say the important thing when you say get started is Twitter is forever. So if you put something out there, just know that uh, that will potentially follow you forever. So if you're getting, if you're a resident and you're looking for a fellowship, the fellowship director will look you up on Twitter. If you're a fellow and you're looking for a job, the, the, your person who's going to hire you is probably going to look you up on Twitter and see mm -hmm. what you're saying. Um, and so just make sure mm -hmm. your message is what you want it to be. Um, it can be a mix of personal and, and work. It can be whatever you want it to be, but make sure you make a cognizant decision about that rather than just I'm just trying to figure out this Twitter thing and post a bunch of pictures that later on you're like, wow, I never should have posted that. And mostly, you know, that's why my 14-year-old daughter doesn't have Twitter because I don't think her brain is um, ready to make that decision for something that's going to last for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Some of the junior faculty I know might also need a little bit of holding back. Well, any, are the, any of those bad Hawaiian shirt choices, perchance? No. <laughs> a Hawaiian shirt is pure East. Pure well, East. Hold on. Let's let me be clear. There are no bad Hawaiian shirt choices. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me uh, add to, to what Elliot just said. I mean, it's not just because your job's going to look at it, but from the other half of my job at the Dallas Police Department, we solve many a crime using people's social media. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the, the idea that you're going to place an indelible imprint of whatever you're doing in social media that's going to be there forever is is really true and you can go back and dig and even if you pull down a tweet something like that i mean that you, you you never get a second chance to make a twitter impression i'll say that and so that's always going to be out there and, and that's sound advice from elliot and before we forget i think it's critically important to really consider hipaa uh, there was a big debate at the College of Surgeons meeting. It was one of the resident debates. And one of the most important things is really, really consider HIPAA. Um, if you're going to put a picture or anything about an individual patient contact of any sort, make sure the patient knows about it, you want them to sign for it, et cetera. You don't want to put anything out there. Something as innocuous as I did a really hard case with such and such attending today, you know, that's easily find outable. Someone can know exactly who that patient is, uh, especially once you start to say what kind of case it was, et cetera, et cetera. So be very, very wary of that. People have been fired at all different levels 
for posting things non-HIPAA compliant on social media. All right, some more words of advice. We'll go around. I think, since you mentioned about the tweets uh, staying there forever, I think a couple of years ago, the Library of Congress said they're going to start archiving tweets, which is, for us as an academics, it's a great thing because I, I see in the future ability to go back using hashtags to pull data of the trends in healthcare or in opinions about a certain problem um, and actually getting this data to be published as uh, papers. Now, I mean, I anticipate mm -hmm. in the future we're going to be publishing papers using Twitter as our source instead of using databases. Um, and in, in the long run, it's a good thing to do if the Library of Congress can archive them because we can go back and see what the trend in politics or healthcare or health policy. Um, so, you know, choose wisely, but it's a great tool. I, I would say not to be too serious about all of it because that was a lot of uh, serious information that we just got. You know, one of the great things about this is, is that as you start to, to build your own following, as, or as you start to follow other people uh, who have things in common with you, when you show up at East or the AAST or, um, or a meeting where you've met people online, you then have the opportunity to meet in person, and you already know each other to a certain extent. And so this is more than just people sitting on, around tapping on their phones or sitting at their computers. This truly is an opportunity to link up with people who share uh, things in common with you, and I think that's one of the coolest things about it. I'll give a perfect example of that. Um, we just hired a new faculty member in my division who the very first time I met was through Twitter. So, so, <laughs> so, uh, so Joe, I think you've got some expertise in building a following. So yeah. somebody's just getting started. How do, how do they build a following and, and get followers? No, we have to... We have to bring this up in the interest of full disclosure. Yeah. If so you're following I, the live tweets from... It's trauma cast. If you go back and look them up, Thank we're you, actually Jeffrey. having a debate right now because Jamie shortchanged. I did Joe about and I have about to apologize 12, by twelve thousand so, followers. Don't worry, I'm scolding. I'm scolding her on Twitter right but don't now. Don't worry, I'm mere, being publicly uh, Twitterized. A mere, mere twelve thousand followers. Plus or minus one percent really doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so to start, how many followers do you really have? I, I don't know. It's it's grown recently since. Well, since, since, yesterday. Since, yesterday. Since, yesterday. since this career cast started. So, so Joe, I actually looked this up like just earlier today to mention specifically that you had about 20 times more followers than I did. So as of earlier today, uh, you had 30.3 thousand followers. Point four. There He's you go. Point now, four. now we're up to point He picked four. up a hundy in the last little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. last, last I looked, it was under 30,000. No, but, uh, you know, honestly, it's the following is great, but... It's really not about just the number of followers that you have. It's more about the impact that you're able to make with the type of tweets uh, that you put out there. And, you know, I think there was really a lot of important points that were just mentioned. And I'm not going to rehash them, but what I will tell you is that uh, Twitter has been uh, a way to really open up opportunities for collaboration. There have been uh, people... Uh, that I had started to work with simply because they started following me. I followed them. Next thing you know, we're DMing and direct messaging. And Twitter speak. You know, <laughs> then we're like working on projects together, uh, both nationally and internationally. So it, it's really kind of uh, been a paradigm shift in how society functions, which is why I think uh, a group of, of young, motivated uh, individuals like us and like the organization is, the potential 
to really make a difference for care of the injured patient is tremendous. And that's what I've been primarily focused on uh, utilizing Twitter for, is to really kind of have that uh, public health and population type impact. I've been, uh, I'm not sure why I have so many followers, to be completely honest. There's a variety of reasons. Hillary! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Secretary Clinton uh, is definitely one reason. Um, uh, But but the key is, is, you know, uh, you'll hear a lot of people, they're like, they try to they try to be exclusive and not follow a lot of people, and I pretty much I, I follow anyone that follows me, and then I follow a bunch of other people. I say don't follow. Let's all, all check. All Is he following you? <laughs> I'm pretty much following everyone in here. I'm pretty sure. And again, uh, this is this is something that uh, if you use in the right way, uh, you can really be effective uh, in messaging. And messaging right now is so important. Uh, for our community. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. So tell us real quickly about uh, Look Like a Surgeon and and what you think that accomplished. Well, so that's interesting. So I think that um, it's an example of how social media can uh, create such an impact in people. I think uh, enhancing diversity and creating awareness that we need to work together and um, and help each other. And I think that's what the campaign, campaign was all about. It was not only about women surgeons, but uh, surgeons that can look like anything and still be great surgeons and not be judged by just their, their appearance. And I think that was that was what the campaign was all about. So, so many of the listeners might not even know what look like a surgeon is. Can mm-hmm. you just tell them what, what, it, what it is? Yeah, so. So hashtag I look like a surgeon was a Twitter campaign that um, started uh, inspired by a hashtag I look like an engineer um, to enhance diversity in surgery in terms of any ethnicity, any gender, any 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 how you look, you can be an amazing surgeon. And uh, it uh, ran for a few good months, and now it continues to be an initiative. Uh, and several organizations have supported it, including East. And, um, yes, that's what it is. Okay. So, so I think it's clearly important as an individual. Is it important for an organization like East to have, to have a social media presence and to have a coordinated social media presence? I mean, is it critical? You know, honestly, Matt, I would say it's critical, but it's also critical to get it right. There are so many organizations who have tried really, really hard and have learned very often the hard way that maybe social media isn't right for them. Um, from a simple messaging standpoint, we've actually found that organizations, whether they be commercial or nonprofit or professional, don't do a great job of having social media interaction if they're just using Twitter or whatever service they're using as a billboard. If they're just posting tweets and not actually interacting, replying to people, getting into a conversation, it really doesn't do them any good. So organizations that we're all parts of end up tweeting out the news feeds that they're a part of, and that's it. And to be honest, that's not terribly useful. Other organizations have realized that they can be more in the conversation, but the conversation doesn't always go the way they want. And when that happens, there can be some pretty serious consequences, at least from a marketing and professional standpoint. 
I think that's the reason why if an organization like East is going to have a social media presence, it's really important that it be coordinated and that people understand what it is and how it's being used. I think East has done a fantastic job of building programs like uh, the East Journal Club, of actually interacting with members and with non-members, uh, of ensuring that people like Elliot uh, and Jamie have been working on crafting not only the social media message, but the, the true meta message of how they're going to communicate. And so there's a big discussion right now going out about whether East should establish a permanent social media section. Um, and there's there's been arguments on both sides. And what do you think of that? Do you think that would be beneficial to the organization? I think social media is here to stay. And I think it's a choice of an organization or a person to join something that will get just bigger with time or to let it just ride alone. Uh, which one is it going to be? Like everything that we do, the only way to change uh, the direction or direction of something or have some influence is to speak the same language. So my advice, if I um, if I could um, be part of the decision, will be have a voice. What do you want your voice to be like? All right. So Elliot, I know you have some some thoughts on this, and we have some discussion uh, at the meeting about the importance of, of social media and and should it be dispersed or should it be you know should you have a central core that, that that's their job so I would say that um, you know social media is here to stay um, I don't think that suddenly and it might not be Twitter or Facebook in that current iteration but it's not like it's going away so I agree with what other people have said is you have to as an organization and as an individual person you have to Decide what message you want out there and do it in a thoughtful, meaningful way rather than um, a little here, a little there. That's my personal opinion. Um, so we put together a, uh, a task force within East that recently reported to the board with some suggestions and some ideas of how East can do this in a more formalized fashion, uh, which seems silly for East to be formal when I'm sitting here in a gaudy Hawaiian shirt. But in a, in a more standardized fashion so that we can, we can get the message across. East does amazing stuff. Everyone here who's worked on the old committees or now the sections or the divisions, everyone here um, has done great stuff for East. And, and all the other people who work for East do amazing things. And I think that social media gives one opportunity to get that message out of, hey, did you know we have this great mentoring program that's matched 60 pairs of senior faculty and junior faculty to advance their careers? Did you know that the East guidelines get put out there and the number one uh, paper on, in the Journal of Trauma is an East practice management guideline? Those are the kinds of messages that I think are important, and I think social media is the way to do that. Um, the, the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty of how it's going to work out and how it's going to play out, um, I think we're still figuring out. And I think this task force will hopefully continue on um, to try to figure it out. Maybe the idea is each section gives a little bit of content and then we disperse it that way. Um, just having some standard way we're doing it. The, the idea of getting a group together, like you guys who've helped with a lot, um, just for an idea to give a ballpark, you know, we're closing in on 2 million impressions um, for today, for one day at the East meeting. Um, since January 1st, you know, the, the, the past couple weeks, 500 different individuals 
have used the East 2015 hashtag. Or 2016, I guess. 2016. Can you edit that? <laughs> uh, Maybe you say it again. <laughs> I know, it's kidding. <laughs> Since January 1st, uh, this year, 500 different individuals have used the East 2016 hashtag. You know, the meeting has over 800 people at it. 500 people are engaged with the meeting on Twitter. Many of them are here. You know, a bunch of you guys are around the table with me. But many of them are potentially not here, and maybe that's a way to engage. So how does that compare to last year? So um, I have not looked up the, the numbers recently, Joe. I don't know if you looked up the numbers. I know we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, so we've talked about it. Honestly, last year there was I, – I, that was the first meeting I've missed uh, in a long time. And I know that there was a presence here, but it wasn't as coordinated in the sense that uh, the board hadn't gotten this ad hoc group together. There wasn't this kind of pre-meeting effort, uh, even though there were people here on the ground doing things. And so I'm not sure if we ever got a baseline. And so when – Elliot and I discussed this. We said, well, you know, maybe this will be the first year to, you know, not really set any major expectations, but let's see what kind of what the baseline is with a little bit of effort. And then we can take that and use it as momentum to really grow it over the next year because this is great what we're doing here at the annual meeting, um, but we should continue this throughout the year, whether it's the journal club or whether, you know, Jason comes up with this, you know, great, like, you know, article that we all want to read. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think I think that this should be an ongoing process, and that ongoing process, you know, then I think will allow us to uh, be more organized when we come back next year and say, okay, last year at the meeting we had, you know, I suspect we're going to have probably around five million at the end of all this, maybe more. So we've had five million impressions. Let's shoot for seven or whatever, and as. You know, the organization grows. I think we're over 2,000 right now is what I heard. So as the organization grows, as um, the integration of social media continues to happen, uh, that will uh, really help prompt some of these different things. And, and so um, that's a long answer uh, to your short question, which is I don't know. So but I'll tell you, it's, it's got to be way more than last year. We'll look up the analytics, and, and hopefully by the end we'll uh, I don't have know. an answer. Do we have analytics for last year? Yeah. I don't Christian's looking it up right now. You know, okay. the benefit is you can do it all in real time. And just for the new people on Twitter, you know, so Christian just pulled up the numbers. So last year, the, uh, the East 2015 hashtag, 200,000 impressions, 98 participants, so less than 100 people. This year we're already at 500 people. And the impressions are tenfold higher. Yeah. So, so that's with minimal effort, I would say. I agree. Right? I mean, the minimal effort has really been, you know, the group around the table coming up with some ideas and pushing it forward and, and being active Twitter users today and tweeting out good science, relationship building, mentoring, all these other pieces that's important. It's not fluff. I've looked at a lot of the tweets that have come through. There's a little bit of fluff, a little bit of funny, a little bit of snarky. But that's but okay. That's okay. As long as along with it is the message of East, which I think is, you know, all these things we just talked about. Well, I think, yeah, and, and you might be underselling it as, you know, as little effort. I think the difference was you got a core group together who were invested. And, and I think if you put everyone's tweets together, there's been a lot of work this meeting mm -hmm. of getting the Twitter out. But I think just having that core group that was invested, I mean, look at the difference that made. And, and that's, just, that's just one year to the next. So what would you say, and I'll open this up to anyone, we still have a lot of naysayers. You know, we've heard that this week of, you know, social media is not important. You know, Twitter's are these transient little thoughts, and 
I don't tweet, so it's not important. Yeah, so I, let me weigh in for just a second because I think I, think I have a, a relatively unusual take on this. Um, if you don't want to tweet, don't tweet. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think it's the best choice for a professional who's in a field that expects to talk about important subjects. I don't think it's the best choice for an organization that talks about really important things like injury prevention and advancing science. I don't think it's the best choice for everybody to make, but I also don't think it's the best choice for everybody to be on Twitter. Elliot, I got some bad news for you. I don't know what it is, but I can practically guarantee your daughter has a, uh, your 14-year-old daughter has a uh, Twitter account. You probably don't know about it, and that's fine. I think you would strongly prefer that she not, and I think that's entirely reasonable. I got to tell you, some of the people I've worked with in the past, I really hope they never have a Twitter account. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I just got really uncomfortable, folks. I don't know why. Well, I want to say something about um, the attitude by, from people who don't believe in Twitter, and I, and I had, had to face uh, in, in, uh, some old school minds would say, I don't tweet, I don't believe in it, what's the point? Um, and I, I, would, I would like to hear what other people have done in their institution, because what our, our mission is to try to spread the importance of Twitter and the value of using Twitter in academics to other people, especially residents. Um, but what I started doing, and I would put my Twitter handle on my presentations, and spark curiosity in medical students and residents. And every time I talk about, let's say, ease guidelines, I will put an ease Twitter handle on my presentation. Um, I felt that by making it more um, passive, instead of actually pushing on him, just let him be curious what, what's going on on Twitter um, to look me up or look up um, East. Um, of course, that comes with uh, the, the fact that I have to put something on Twitter. I cannot put my Twitter handle and then they go on and see my last tweet was from last year. Um, but I, I wonder what other people have done to uh, make junior faculty or other faculty or resident to join Twitter and, and, and make it the, the mission? Well, what we've tried to do specifically at the meeting this year is to normalize it. So at the beginning, at the intro of the meeting, you know, and when you talk to the board, Joe Sackring came up and said, it's okay to tweet. People are going to put their Twitter handle on their slides. The, the program book has people's, people's Twitter handle. If you want to put it on next to your name for your abstract, you can put your Twitter, Twitter handle there. So it can help, and it makes it normal, it makes it okay. So even if there are East Board members that don't tweet and have no interest in it and will never and are not going to do it, they understand that other people are going to still do it. That's one thing. And I will tell you that it is not just an age or a generation thing. So there are many past presidents of East who are active on Twitter that are, you know, were president 10, 15 years ago. Kim Nagy, Mike Rotundo are active Twitter users. You don't have to be a teenage girl to be on Twitter. You, you can use it appropriately. Ken uh, yeah, Ken Maddox. Ken Maddox also is certainly not, certainly, <laughs> I did not, say that. <laughs> uh, uh, not a young and up-and-coming trauma surgeon. A senior person, he is very active on Twitter. It's a great example that it can be done. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. So what I want to do is uh, we'll go around and just have your final thoughts, comments, or recommendations, and it has to be in 140 characters or less. Why don't we start with 
140 characters less. All right. So start by tweeting links, pictures, but add your commentary to it, something relevant to the discussion. Joe? I would just say uh, when you tweet, uh, be thoughtful and remember uh, that anything in the digital media is there forever. Um, I think you can use Twitter to build a, a network um, and get up-to-date information very easily by creating lists and uh, make sure you learn how to um, use all features on Twitter, like making lists. Keep it fun. Keep it professional. These things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. I think everyone's right that Twitter is here to stay, so you don't have to jump in today. It's still going to be around tomorrow, so start slowly and become familiar with how to do it first. Only you have the power to control your own message, and <laughs> you've got the ability to do it, and uh, time to rest control of it and own it. Smokey the Bear. I was so hoping here. you were going to forest fires right there. <laughs> <laughs> Only you have the power to prove it. I left my Smokey the Bear campaign hat up in my room tonight. I'll, I'll get it out later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, Jason? Uh, I think the most important thing is to enjoy this. If it's not something you don't you enjoy, you're not going to use it. And, and remember that. I mean, this is fun. It's a way to connect with people. That's what this medium is for. And if you look at it as connecting to surgeons, residents, friends from all over, it makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot more enjoyable. Um, I would say you guys took all the good answers already. So the only one left is uh, make sure you follow me at Elliot Hout, two L's, two T's, <laughs> and uh, follow East at uh, East underscore trauma, and join the Twitter Journal Club, active it's an easy place. We want everybody to be involved. Ask a question, get involved, um, and you know, tell your friends about it. And don't forget hashtag Haute Couture. Absolutely. <laughs> Bring Hawaiian shirts. Christian? There's no way I can put this in 140 characters. I would not be where I am today without social media. It's an absolutely ridiculous niche to fill for yourself, and yet it's entirely given me a huge number of opportunities. All right, and then uh, I'll close out. I think as someone who I think would qualify as a naysayer six months ago, uh, I've seen what Twitter can do, and I probably wouldn't have had the interactions with the awesome people in this room if I hadn't gotten involved. So I'm a convert. Elliot. Can we add one more piece that you can splice in wherever yep. you think it fits that I would like to put in a plug for the East Journal Club? And maybe Christian could kind of tell the nuts and bolts of how it works and what happens with it, et cetera, so that this, you know, if people are going to get involved, that's an easy way that it's going to be good science, et cetera. Is that cool? Sure. So one of the things I've had the opportunity to do with East is help the publications section work on the East Journal Club. We get together once a month, virtually, of course, and discuss a current article, usually from Journal of Trauma, that they're kind enough to open for free worldwide. It's not a traditional journal club in that, number one, you don't get free food, and number two, we don't sit and simply discuss the methods of the paper for two days. We actually discuss the topic at hand. Elliot Hout has been involved Lots of the people here and the people in East and outside East have been involved not just in discussing papers, 
but in really planning further studies, in coming up with ways a manuscript can be improved, and even in taking off data into completely different directions. It's a great way to advance that science that we keep talking about, but also to have a little bit of fun doing it and keep it pretty light. And, and let me add to that, we uh, also something exciting. We were just contacted by Ed Livingston, one of the editors of JAMA, and we're going to be involved in a pilot project of being able to give CMEs for social media interactions and discussions. So I think that's Excellent. something that's also Great. really exciting that we'll Fabulous. be involved with. Okay, anybody have anything else? We'll close it out there. Good job. Thanks, everyone, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Is it online yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm here with uh, Elliot Hout and Nicole Stassen. We just finished the East board meeting after the annual meeting, and uh, I think we've uh, maybe got some new stuff to announce regarding social media. So I get to announce uh, the first public announcement that East has a new social media section that you're going to be hearing tons about over the coming weeks to months, which I think is really going to change and help promulgate the offerings that East has. I think that it's a new and exciting step for East, um, and it's another avenue that we can educate our membership and outside of our membership on all the great work that East does. Looking forward to it. All right, well, we look forward to see uh, how that shapes up and more exciting news. And that wraps up another edition of TraumaCast, brought to you by the online education section of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. You can check out all of the great educational and career development resources available on the East website at www.east.org. And make sure you subscribe to the TraumaCast series so you don't miss any of our exciting upcoming programs and interviews. So if you're searching for cutting-edge science and research, professional education, networking and building relationships, and career development, remember that all you need to do is look to the East. Mm -hmm.